Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is Alan. I'm Josh. And here we are. And uh, I believe this is like episode... Actually, dude, I had the number memorized. I was looking at it the other day. This is technically going to be episode 10. I know we've been doing some message Mondays, which would make it 12. But of our podcast session, this is episode 10 of season 2. And uh, season 2 is basically just... 2021 i guess so hopefully there'll be 52 episodes yeah because 52 weeks in a year something around that so uh guys how y'all doing doing well doing good doing good i went back and listened to our very first one. Oh my <laughs> podcast number one and uh well, i tell you what the uh god's god's blessed a lot the the audio is a lot clearer thanks grant Glad yeah you thanks grant <laughs> and our guests like our number of just visitors and then we gained Josh. So there, I mean, I don't know how many episodes we did until you came on. Maybe like, like you guys had like I think five before I came on, five or six. And that was just that was awesome because you came and me and Alan we were thinking and talking about having a third member because we need three people. Yeah, it's, it, it helps the uh, conversation and again, uh, preaching and in uh, a church worship, you know, service is a, basically uh, the about the only exposure most people will ever get to the yeah. gospel if uh, folks get hooked on a, a podcast and start listening to it and then the freedom to just expand on god's word yeah. uh, it's a, it's a new uh, concept and i think that the more uh, input that we have the better off it is yeah. and josh has just done nothing but bless and, and enrich this experience and enrich it's a good word because like that's what I was pretty excited about is because we're bringing in another guy that, like, well-studied, loves the Word of God, but helps enrich how deep we can go in Scripture. Because now we've got three minds, three guys um, that are in the Word of God, three guys that minister to people. And it's another layer of accountability, too. Yeah. And uh, you were fresh out of really announcing your calling to preach, correct? When you really started coming in? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, for the podcast, for sure. Yeah, it was right around that same time. What we brought, I can't even remember what episode. What was the first episode we had you come in as a guest? Um, oh man, dude, it's been. I a don't while. remember what it was titled. I'm gonna it, have to but look. But it was studying basically how important the Word of God is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The importance of the Word. The word I think it was yeah. something like that. But, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was titled, but that's what it was about. That's was, exciting. Now yes. here we are, like thirty episodes later, and. 2021 and we're talking about spiritual gifts there's the leak of what we're starting but man it's just been fun and you know lord willing we'll be able to sit here maybe another year from now and just think about man we're on episode you know 100 and something something man look look at what's happened and what's and another cool thing too i think about this ministry specifically is you know hopefully lord willing um you know, unless Jesus comes back and things definitely change, is you know, ten years from now, if Alan and Josh and I can't do this anymore, then Lord willing, you know, people are being discipled that yeah. can come up and continue this Be ministry because the whole purpose, yes, yeah. has yeah. nothing to do with us That's three. Right. We're just, I mean, literally, we're just the starters. Yep. Because this gear and all this stuff will always be here. Um, but I mean, I'm not looking for one of us to be replaced right now. So we're just going <laughs> to keep going through the word of God. But, uh, yeah. So today we're going to start, um, a segment. I, I really guess to inf- about spiritual gifts, but I think last week when we got done, we were already kind of talking about it and brainstorming. Um, and we've prayed about it this week and the three of us just felt like this is something we need to talk about. But really, I guess if my point of view in this is I, I want Christians to be encouraged about yeah. the spiritual gifts and that they have them and, and that the, they're there. And there's a purpose for them. Absolutely. Not to, well, the purpose ain't to let them sit on the couch. That, nope. That's for sure. But also to understand that, like, you know, I don't have every spiritual gift that's offered, me personally. Right. Josh has different ones. Alan has different ones. We might have the same ones. But I don't have all of them. And right. that that's for sure. But, you know, I, I hope it encourages Christians to pray and seek the scriptures and see what they do have and embrace it. And maybe some people will hear this that are trying to do things they're not supposed to be doing or called to do, and they'll stop. Right. Well, so, you said the key word right there is the scriptures. And, uh, you know, uh, you may be listening to this and say, well, how do you know what spiritual gifts are? I'm glad you ask. Yeah. Because they're in God's word. Yeah. And they're spelled out. And, and as we, uh, you know, enter this journey into uh, our personal uh, pursuit of Christ and you yeah. know 
we're studying and we're learning and we're we're, we're gaining knowledge and we're being sanctified, being yeah. moved to a position to be more like Christ. The purpose in that is to be used by Him, yeah, and, and to glorify Him, and for us to be able to accomplish that, He gifts each one of us. Yeah, and He gives us the the a special uh, whatever that might be, yeah. whoever, whatever the individuals. Uh, gifted towards and uh, that that's a process that yeah. e- each and every one of us have to go yeah. through i mean these are gifts given to us from god for god yep but for the in a sense for the world to minister to others minister to the body of christ because you know it's like if the three of us or the four of us in this room if we went to um like let's say we go to somebody's house and he gives Alan, a mower, Josh gets a weed eater, I get a paintbrush, and Grant gets a plunger. Sorry, Grant. Like, the point of us getting those... Dude. <laughs> dude, dude. No. The point, <laughs> the point of us getting those things, and we're given those things, is what? To use them, but what are we going to do? We're going to do it for the man who lives in that house. We're going to... And that terrible analogy is to say this, like when God gives us something, we're responsible to perform that responsibility. Um, and that's where like, even if you look at the gift of like exhortation, which is like encouraging others, right? You don't have to be in a pulpit to use that. Nope. Like uh, that's one of the gifts that I really feel like the Lord's given me. And do you know, listen, do you know my favorite place to use it is? Opening the doors on Sunday mornings and welcoming people in and yep. just help, wanting them to feel encouraged, yep. wanting them to feel welcome. Like, I love being able to do it from a pulpit. I love being able to teach. But, dude, I thought about it this morning. I was thinking about just how the Lord's used me. And one of my favorite things in the world to do is every Sunday I, I leave class about 30 minutes early and I go open doors for people and welcome them. Because I love doing that. I mean, it's just something God's gifted me and called me to do. But here's the thing. Whether it's opening the door or staying in the pulpit, if God calls me to do that and to use my gifts, we need to be obedient, need to right? Because exactly they're right. spiritual gifts. They're gifts that God has given to us to use. Now, some of these, we'll talk about a specific office, right? You know, uh, we'll talk about today we're going to start with number one, and uh, this will be a good one to clarify, especially in this day and time, is the gift of an apostle. But then we look at, you know, um, uh, an evangelist, a bishop, you know, when we look at all these spiritual gifts that God has given us, it will put us in specific offices. It will give us specific responsibilities. But when we look at gifts such as exhortation um, or, you know, uh, um, man, guys, I'm getting tongue-tied and I can't see this picture. <laughs> Administration, giving, showing mercy, serving others. We use those maybe in the offices we're called, but we're really called as Christians to use those every day for our brothers in Christ, our sisters in Christ, but also for the world. Because these are spiritual, in a sense, it's almost like God's given us spiritual equipment to use in magnifying His name and witnessing about Him. And that's kind of cool because that shows that not only does God love us, but He trusts us to give us responsibilities and gifts to what? Go out into the world and use them for the church, and to glorify his name among lost people. That's exactly right. Most of the scripture that you'll see us reference is going to be out of the book of Corinthians. Yeah. And, and if you uh, hold us accountable, because what we need to do is we we don't need to cherry pick verses out of the book of Corinthians to try to prove our view on spiritual gifts. You need to, <laughs> you need to understand the entire, you know what I'm saying? the entire concept of why the book of Corinthians was written in the first place. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was written to a church yeah. that was experiencing experiencing uh, phenomenal, miraculous yeah. move of God. Lives were being changed. Yeah. And the church was full of folks that were at about the same place in their spiritual growth. Yeah. But they were basically all babes yeah. in Christ. Yeah. They New, newly converted people. Yeah. And uh, you can you can look at the you know we'll spend a lot of time in chapter twelve, but if you go on to chapter thirteen, what's chapter thirteen about? Famous, you no, know, it's famous for love. love. What motivates our service? Love, Speci- but specifically within service and ministry, yeah. using these gifts and these things for the body of Christ. Why are we doing it? Is it to be recognized, or are we doing it out of love? That's like right. a, out of love. But that's the that's the meat of that text. Exactly, is about when we serve others and do things in the name of the Lord. We need to do them in love. That's not a section. You just forget <laughs> the first part, yeah. and then you use it to talk about your marriage. So I guess we need to. I, I, guess I mean, we, come on. I guess we need to talk about what gifts are not. 
before we start talking about what gifts yeah. are. Okay, so good point. Because gifts are not uh, God. That ca- a lot of folks use the catchword, and then you start talking about charismatic movement and things like that, the, the anointing, mm-hmm. and folks that think that I have I have this sense of elitist spiritualism that God has. I'm higher me, than you. God up. has put me on a plane yeah, yeah, that's yeah. different than everybody else, and I. Yeah. Uh, God's given me. There is no new revelations. When we start this topic, we need to understand that the Word of God is complete. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the canon of Word of God. Man. Is there's no new revelation. God's not going to come to you, Hunter, and reveal something to outside you of scripture. outside nope. of Scripture. It's not, not going to happen. Nope. It's not going to happen. So uh, th- that, I think, needs to be kept in context as we go through these gifts, as God uh, has absolutely blessed some folks. Yeah, and we're not, I mean, we're not legalist when we view this. I think, Josh, we were talking the other day about how, like, as Christians— there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes. There is healing in the name of Absolutely. Jesus. There, I mean, when the power of the Holy... It's like our, you know, we're recording on Sundays now, and we're in the midst of our service this morning, and this is what I... Listen to this. This is what I love about Sundays. Sundays is not my religious day. Nope. And it shouldn't be. And if anyone views it as your religious day, you need to check yourself. But what I love is during the week, God is working on me. I'm studying scripture, I'm spending time in prayer, I'm repenting of sins, I'm doing all these things that I'm called to do every day of my life, and every day I'm worshiping the Lord, but what I love is Sundays, we come together, not for a service, but to gather in the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters in And so this morning we come together, and I don't even think about it as a service anymore. I think about it as a gathering of believers coming together to study Scripture and sing praises unto the Lord. And we come together, and I mean, this morning the power of, of God, the power of the Holy Spirit was so evident. But it's not like a, a force field came down from heaven when you get a body of believers that show up ready to worship, yeah. when you come and people are praying in the name of Jesus, they're praying for people that are coming, for people that are going to be there, for people we don't even know if they're going to be. And then the power, because we have to understand, when people talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, they can use it wrongly. Absolutely, They can use it to do extra things. Or some people, I think, in a sense, don't focus enough on the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit here, we're talking about the presence of God drawing people to repentance and to salvation. That's exactly right. That's what happens. That's exactly right. And so this morning, you know, what I love about our church is, see, a lot of places don't have an open altar concept. And if you don't, that's fine. People can still pray. They don't need an altar. But what I love is the fact that we have an open altar concept is you have people that need prayer and they need to pray about things. Now, do we have people that may respond from emotions? Do we have? Yeah. There's probably pros and cons. We could go through a list. But what I love is this morning, you know, we have people going to pray at the altar that we know are having hard times in life right now. They're struggling. They're doing this. They're doing this. They have questions. Their family members doing this. Maybe they have something going on in their life. And to see them go pray before an almighty God, but then we have the opportunity, we'll talk about this, to come lay hands yep. and to pray for them. It's awesome. Yep. And so yep. this morning was just powerful. And I, I pray, and I think every church, every biblical church, whether they have an open altar concept or not, can understand that, man, when you get in the, the Holy Spirit is present and he's always present. People need, man, I've been to church service where like, man, we're praying that God will show up today. And I'm like, man, God is already here. You are come, you, you it come just, me. Are you, you, you come with me. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's with me right here. But yeah. here's, the, here's the root. Are you going to quench the Holy Spirit? Exactly. Or are you going to fellowship and worship in the Holy I Spirit? Recognize him. And exactly. so a lot of people wait for the presence of the Spirit to show up. And I'm like, I, I'm showing up and I'm being blessed. And I'm like, I don't know why y'all are waiting for the presence of God because it's right here. Yeah. But... I love it because when you come together in the power of the Holy Spirit, one mind, one accord, and it's the same with the gifts. Yep. When we come and we talk about these gifts, we want to keep them biblical. We want to keep them in context. Now, you may not agree with how we view some of the gifts. You know, there's terms that you can learn in theology about a continuist or a sensationist, a continuous to someone yep. who believes that the act all gifts continue. A sensationist, a sensationist believes that the gifts of the apostles are not in effect anymore, and it's just pastors and, you know, all the... Just the bishop, the evangelist, not the apostolic gifts that Peter and Paul and all these guys had. Um, we're not here to tell you, you know, what this and what this is because I read the spiritual gifts, I put them in context, and I say the scripture, 
and I figure out the context, but then I figure out, okay, now that I know what this is, is, and I know what it's for, is it something that we should see in church? Is this something? Now, could God do that? Sure he could. But it's like tongues. When you get into studying about tongues, and when we talk about it, and I'm not trying to skip ahead, but when you get into 14, and Paul says the phrase, it's for lost people, that, that that's pretty heavy. But also when Paul starts talking about that it's a known language and you need an interpreter and you need this. And uh, Paul said, I'd rather speak five words of intelligence than a thousand. So that just brings me to this point. You know, if we go to a church where everyone speaks English, why do we need God to miracle? I mean, to like give us the gift of Chinese because then everybody's going to be like, well, what's he saying? No one. So we'll talk about the context. We'll support everything that we're going to say. And then you can take the scripture and the context we talk about and decide for yourself. And guess what? If you disagree with us, that's okay. I mean, literally, that's up to you. But uh, we do want to start, and we're going to talk about the gift of an apostle. Now, I have to say this. In the context and the area of church that I've grown up in myself, I've never in my life ever, 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 ever heard someone respond or tell people that they're an apostle. In fact, if I would have heard that as a kid, I would have been like, I don't know what I would have thought because that was abnormal to me. But once you study and you're exposed to doctrine, but you're exposed to the world, especially the worldly church, there are men right now that claim that they are apostles just yep. like yes, Paul. Sure. Making that proclamation. So we, we really need to talk about that. So when we look at the text and we talk about an apostle, now um, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, and 28, and I think it even, you know, like Ephesians four eleven says the yep. same context, but verse 28, I'll read it, and it says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. So, if it says first apostles, that's the first thing we need to establish and we need to talk about. Now, when we talk about what an apostle is, I want to give us a, a, a clear, somewhat definition of what the Greek word for apostle is. And when you look at that word, you got apostolos, and it means a delegate, specifically an ambassador of the gospel, officially a commissioner of Christ, apostle, with mir- miraculous powers, apostle, messenger, he that is sent. Um, and when you look at this, you know, it gives examples, Barnabas, Timothy, you know, you have these guys that are mentioned, right? But it's also like this. There's also in the scriptures, like when you see Paul, when you see these guys, usually it's uppercase A. I mean, it, like this is power, but there's also people that are sent the word apostles used in scripture about someone who wasn't a declared apostle like Paul, but it's a represent an ambassador that's being sent somewhere. Now, does that make them an apostle? A possible. An apostle just like Paul. No, that just means that the definition talks about that they're a represent an ambassador that is sent out. But a key term in the definition of apostle was it says someone with miraculous power. Now, guys, we I mean we we've got to address this because we live in a day and age where people are running around saying that they are apostles. They are just like Paul. But we've talked about this. We've kind of got to talk about something. What is one thing that we notice about all the apostles? They were eyewitnesses of Christ. They literally physically saw Christ. So that's a huge requirement because we live in 2020 or 2021. So Jesus isn't just walking around right now. Now, there is the power of the Holy Spirit, but physically Jesus has to commission somebody and send them to become a first an apostle, a founder, right? So when we look at this text and it says... And God has appointed in the church first apostles. We have to to ask the question, who's the ones that are appointed? Because it says the word first. So what were the first things that happened before the church was really on fire and established? The apostles were established by Christ. Now, Paul, right? Paul's on his road to Damascus. The Lord appeared to him. The Lord physically appeared to him. And when Paul goes away for three years, I think it's like in Achaia or something like that, uh, the scriptures talk about that the Lord taught him. The Lord gave him the gospel. The Lord discipled him and showed him. So the Lord commissioned him physically. So this is the issue. What do we do in 2021 when someone says, I'm an apostle of Christ? And that's the the second point I was going to bring up. First, it's an eyewitness. Second, they've got to be appointed by Jesus Christ physically himself. So guys, what do we do in this day and age when we hear men get up and they're like, 
I am an apostle. I had a dream the other night, or Jesus appeared to me like this. I mean, what do we do with situations like that? How how do we try to discern that as Christians? There better be a radar button in your somewhere in your spirit that checks up and alerts like a, a radar detector. To, boop, 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 something goes off yeah. in my head. Yeah. When a, 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 a person tells us that because, uh, you know, when, when we speak of God, one thing we want to talk about when you look at uh, the miraculous gifts, and I guess that's probably the the best way to categorize this. Yeah, these, the first ones we're going to cover in the yeah. next couple of weeks. So, and again, our pastor had, he had outlined that we studied it in Sunday school and he done a great job of breaking these down and in, in, in lining them up with scripture. But uh, God's still as miraculous as he's ever been. He is. God can still heal anybody he wants to heal. Yes. God can still, uh, you know, speak to anybody he wants to speak to. But understand, as far as God revealing to an individual person right. some new revelation, that part's done. He, he has revealed himself to us in his word, and God's word it, it's, in the canon is complete, and there will be no new revelation. And, and when, we, when we look at uh, the, the, the work that he is doing, uh, he always works in line with his word yeah his word supports the work that he does yeah so uh again if if a man was to say you know what god has given a new revelation to me uh i think that happened in waco didn't it yeah it's happened in a lot of places yeah it it happened in waco and that didn't end well uh and several places folks uh make these elaborate claims about uh, Apostolic know, power. Yes, I'm this. I'm that, this. That God is using, them, and God uses people. I understand. Yeah. That. But when it comes to uh, uh, preferential treatment, God has, uh, you know, uh, his uh, offerings that He gives to His children are open to all. Yeah. He don't. He don't give one preferential treatment. He loves us all the same. Yeah. Well, the one thing is, I mean, we've seen that uh, arise in that just here recently with the election. All these guys coming out saying they have a prophetic vision of, you know, what God has given them and revealed to them that what's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen that, you know, I mean, they took a look of the draw. Fifty percent were right and 50 percent were wrong. But the guys that are wrong. I mean, I would immediately quit listening to them because you have now just and said we, that you have heard prophetic and we, word. And we have. And, and it is not coming. The Old Testament says yeah. that they should be killed. So, yes. so like I said, I mean, we need to be aware of when we, somebody says that, that we are, you know, like after it, especially in something with the, that happens as quickly as the election. So, so let's, let's go back to why, why we are in this room. Why are we, uh, you know, using this technology and putting this information out for believers, why why are we doing that? People need to be aware, so we can yes. learn, so yeah, we can understand. We need to know. So that concept that where uh, a person in a position supposedly of of, of leadership and uh, possibly uh, of authority yeah. Yeah. abuses that. Yes. Then, as a Christian, as a lay member, as yeah. a, as, a, as a person who's you know in a, in a pursuit of this relationship with God, and I want to yeah. get there, and I'm, my my heart's pure. That should be a warning system because here's what those folks, those men like that, prey on. Uh, man, this is going to sound horrible. Please, if I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a on a, a crusade to offend people. But it victimizes those who are weaker in the faith and less mature and ignorant in Scripture. Yes. Well, it, it victimizes. Them. If I if I if I want to be honest, and I've I've done some studies because. Um, when you get into like First John four, talking about testing the spirits and stuff, I've had to teach on that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but there's a reason why a lot of these guys that claim to be apostles they go to third world countries and take advantage of people of lesser economy value or money, or they don't even speak English because they can go there to people that need hope, that need help, and tell them that. They're an apostle. They're a holy man. And so when you have someone who's desperate or in a place yeah. of like they really need help, 
you can take advantage of them. And that's just like when you look at like the Benny Hinn Crusades, like everyone wants to talk about what he does. But like when you look closer and look behind the scenes, there's a lot of deceitfulness. There's a lot of craftiness. And the fact, I mean, here's the other thing. When you look at the man's personal life, and I'm not saying we need to judge somebody. I'm not either. But... If someone's preaching to me Jesus, but they're living like the world when they're not on stage, that doesn't add up to me because right. the Bible says if we're friends, we love the world, we're at enmity with God. So we've got to be careful now, because... One, one, tr- of the, go ahead, go one, ahead. one of the things that not only the, the Bible teaches me, but my parents really uh, uh, drove home. You don't put yourself and look down on people. You don't, you don't, you don't, Alan, you better not say that you're better than anybody else. This is a topic that I really am. I don't want to, I don't want to appear to be looking down my nose at people's spiritual maturity. The Bible says we've got to know, we've got to know those though. But here's what, here's what I want to do. The people that are being victimized by that, you need to be in a state of being discipled to where that you spiritually can grow and mature yes. and understand these things. Anybody, And again, if you've fallen victim to this and if you're in a position where man, somebody in a position of leadership has knocked the props out from under you and given you a bad taste for God and religion, man, don't, don't lay there. Don't stay in that position. Uh, you can turn to God and he can help you through that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's when you look at like this definition of an apostle like, it talks about Christian teachers and the definitions and pastors. Like, it mentions, like, Timothy, right? Timothy would pastor. He would be a biblical teacher. I mean, Paul would train him up. And so, in a sense, when you talk about an ambassador of the gospel, I mean, those technically, that is an apostle. That is a definition. But when you think about Paul and Timothy, there's a huge difference. Paul was commissioned to be the one to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Timothy was the one that, when Paul died, would not carry on the miraculous works. He would just teach the word in the church and help disciple people. I mean, it's clear in the first and second Timothy. So, but the a lot of people that stand up and use the phrase "I'm an apostle," they're not just talking about how they're a Bible teacher. Because most of your biblical Bible teachers, I mean, it's even like MacArthur, right? MacArthur's super biblical, but I've never heard the words "I'm an apostle" coming out of his mouth. Now he can read the definition and know apostolos, the word, the Greek word, like. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's just like a prophet, right? People talk about, and we'll talk about that later on. But it's the same thing. People will be like, "I'm a prophet," but they're referring to these prophetic visions about God's going to do this in 2022 and all this. They're taking it out of context because the word prophet does mean an inspired speaker. And could we call our pastor that? Yes, yes he's under could. the inspiration. Yeah, but we don't. We call him our pastor, yep. and he's preaching. We don't say he's prophesying. So people take this out of context a lot. And that's like a lot of these guys. They stand up, and there's one. His name's like Daniel Kaluta. I can't think of his last name, but I've listened to him. And in one service, the man said that the Holy Spirit was present and that there's fire everywhere. And he was, he was like, open your mouth. He'll feel it. Open your mouth. Talking about people will speak in tongues, but none of them were speaking tongues. They were laughing, barking like dogs. Like it was some interesting stuff. But then after all that's over, then he gets them to sit down and preaches the gospel and then tells them they can be saved if they put their faith in Christ. So he's getting them to participate in a spiritual activity and they don't even know who Christ is. The Bible does not teach that's the no, order. No. You're saved. You're baptized. You're equipped and given gifts by the Holy Spirit. Lastly, yep. so it's easy to look at the word. And I mean, it's even like with Benny Hinn, right? You look at these Benny Hinn concert or concerts. That's really what they are. You're, you're, that was appropriate word. Whether you yeah. meant to choose it or not, I think God just moved on you. And he sings, he sings. <laughs> oh my goodness. He sings, he sings that song, you know, I believe in miracles. I mean, he sings it the whole time he does it. But like, you know, when you look at the details, so if like, for instance, I think it was three years ago, one of his nephews, Costi Hen, served and was a catcher. Okay, so he goes, to, this is funny, he's word of faith guy, ends up going to play baseball at a Baptist school in Texas. Yeah, you're not getting out of there without hearing some biblical theology. <laughs> and he plays baseball, but he's like, word of faith, God gives me this. And he said one day that their coach got up and was like, today, whether we win or lose, God is sovereign. And he was like, sovereign? What is that? So it, it works on him for a couple of weeks. And eventually he goes to his coach and he's just like, what do you mean? He's like, God controls everything, whether we win or we lose. See, he never heard that in the word of faith. He just heard, you do this, you do this. Well, eventually, you know, he ends up getting 
he's like questioning his family and what's going on. And like, this isn't personal information. You can go on YouTube and watch his interview and his testimony. I mean, it's, it's, it's YouTube. It's easy, but he's talking about breaking away from the faith and breaking away from what they're doing. Well, now his family kicks him out of the, out of the group. So now it's him and his, now it's him and his girlfriend. And, you know, he took her to the Benny Hinn fellowships and all the church services and they even tried to get her to speak in tongues once and he talked about how she just cried she was so upset because something didn't feel right well he ends up being able to go to church and he talked about that they asked him to preach little little and behold i don't he really wasn't a believer yet he was just trying to but he said that he had i think he had to preach out of like john 15 or something like that and while he's studying to do the sermon prep i mean this is a guy he started he was a janitor they offered him a job because him and his girlfriend didn't know what to do. But they caught word that he was breaking away from Benny Hinn and the work he was doing. Lo and behold, man gets biblically saved. Ends up becoming, he goes to seminary. Now he's a pastor. But one of the things he did is he went on national news and went against his own uncle. Why? Because his uncle is not preaching the Jesus Christ gospel in text. He's not a he's a false teacher. And he calls his uncle that. So of course that made a divide in the family, but for Costi, he's like, Praise be to God. Yeah. And now he's a biblical I mean, I've listened to the man preach and it's just like, Are you serious? This is not what they And so it just shows you that a lot of these guys that claim to be apostles and acclaim even like the Daniel guy, we've got to be careful because that's not the same apostle that I read of in the book of Acts or in Ephesians or in Galatians. And that's where we we look at the term apostle, like Jesus appointed 12. Really, exactly. Really, after Judas, you know, you get into Acts and it talks about Matthias, they cast lots and it fell on Matthias. So Matthias was used. And then a, a Paul comes along. So really, you got 13 apostles. But when you read about these guys, here's something we've got to realize they established the church. Christ used them to establish the Christian Jesus Christ church. Not the Baptists, not the Church of Christ, not the Church of God, the gospel-centered church, the biblical-centered church. The Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ, and that's what they did. And they did it in Antioch, they did it in Jerusalem, they did it in Galatia, they did it in Corinth. So they're all over the place, right? Establishing churches, establishing bodies. But here's the other thing. They all died except one. So they died to complete their work except John, because God saved John from death. You know, they threw him in the pot. So when we look at an apostle, we have to understand that, like, it's not just a light 2021 term that, you know, we can just use and throw around. Like, it almost takes away from the 13, well, 12 that died in order that we would be able to sit here today. And those 13, they had some miraculous gifts as individuals for the establishing of the credibility of the the the, the gospel and doctrine of, of the church mm-hmm. uh yeah they uh, there were some things that people get kind of confused today and think that they might be able to do some of the things that those original apostles did right. and again that's putting that's putting a man on a pedestal that's putting mm-hmm. a man in a position where he's seeking glory and he's seeking attention and he's seeking uh some recognition yeah and he's He's not got God in his proper place. They, the, I mean, the apostles, though, like, they did miracles. Yeah, they did. They healed they people. They did, absolutely. Yeah. So here's here's my thought. How come in the modern-day church, the apostles that say they're apostles can only do it on stage on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Or at a revival meeting? Why can they only do it there? Because the apostles did it in the marketplace. I'm sure they did it at services. They did it in people's houses. I mean, you remember when Paul was preaching, and was it Eutychus or whoever fell yeah, out the window, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he walks out, Okay, and he heals him. You know, he's back. And people are like, oh my goodness, you know, or uh, the woman that had the spirit of divination. Mm-hmm. And they're walking around and they're just like, come out of her. And she's, you know what I'm saying? So, like, they're not Jesus. Like, it's not like they have a pistol and they pull it out when they want. You know, obviously, God had to use them, God had to give them that power. But here's my question Who do we see doing that today? I mean, do y'all see people just walking down the street? You know, at one point, Paul's handkerchief. People just touch it, and they're healed, not because of Paul, right? but because of Christ, because mm-hmm. God was doing something by Paul for the glory. And that's what Paul said. Blessed be the Lord, my righteousness, filthy rags. On my yeah. best day, I'm like, dunk. You know, all these things. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If there's a name, I'll boast in blessed. 
So he boasted in the Lord when these miracles miracles happened. But now it's not about the Lord for these guys. And, it's so and so's ministry. Yeah, so yes. and so's doing this. Come see so and so. They'll heal you. And it's just like, bro, you're missing it now, completely. In my opinion, don't count for a whole lot. But in my opinion, if somebody had that gift. As much sickness as is going on, especially Absolutely. in Corona, yes. the Corona time, and as many people have died from Corona and cancer and how horrible it is and Alzheimer's, yeah, that you couldn't keep that a secret. Yeah, right. you couldn't. And you, well, if you had the gift, you wouldn't want to, right? If you're doing it to, to edify God and give yeah. Him glory, you wouldn't want to keep it a secret. But that would be all over mainstream media. Yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh, man, we've just got to be so careful because. When these guys get up and they do the healing and they do the preaching and they do the singing and they do this, it, I mean, it's just crazy because people are being misled. Exactly. But it's even like I saw a service once of a traveling woman, Word of Faith evangelist, not like a big name, but just a woman. And she had a lot of people under the tent and across the street was a Baptist church. So what's the pastor do? Well, he goes in there and it's healing time and he gets in line and he goes up and she smacks him on the forehead and he didn't fall down. So she does it again, and he's like, can I say something? And she's like, absolutely, brother. And he gets the microphone, and he's like, this is a false teacher. This woman is not preaching the same gospel. This woman is not preaching Christ. She's not healing us. This is not the... And he's going through biblical text after biblical text. And the next thing you know, what do they do? They're telling him he's going to hell. He's a Satanist. That woman's trying to get him out from under that tent as quick as possible. Why? Because her worldly gain and her ministry about herself, not Jesus Christ, was getting ruined because this guy was laying down the truth. And they interviewed him, and they're like, why'd you do this? And he's like, this is heresy. Who wouldn't do this if it was across the street from your church? And he's like, I didn't, you know, I just came here for the service, but when she asked me to come up, I'm not just going to, like, play the game. He's like, when they gave me the mic, I was like, I'll just start preaching the truth and exposing her for what she is. And he did. And it was just, oh, dude. And then after they pulled him out of the tent, she was talking about how people hate them and they're going to hate true Christians. Dude, she deceived every single person under that tent. And that guy, that was why he went over there. Not to create drama, but to help people be free from deception. And that's what we have to be careful, listeners. If you know somebody or you go to a church or maybe you have friends that go somewhere and they're under apostle so-and-so or apostle this, we got to be careful. Now, here's the other thing. I've heard guys get on stage to talk about how Jesus Christ has appeared to them in a dream or he's appeared to them in a vision and he's appeared to them in their front living room or he's appeared to them in the bathroom, you know, just like all these testimonies. And they, they make up these crazy, I mean, Jesse Duplantis. He's a guy that said God came down one time from heaven and asked Jesse to plan us for his advice on what God should do. <laughs> Isaiah said in the scriptures, I read today, who has given advice to the Lord? Whose counsel has he taken? Yeah. Nobody's. None. Nobody's. Jesse's? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> that, guy, that guy right there, that is some false teaching. I've never Listen, heard of him. Oh, man. I mean, literally, like, you can be a God. You can do this. You have power. Just word of faith all the way. Yeah. And, I mean, he's up there, and I'm like, what? Bro, first off, Jesus if Jesus Christ is going to appear in your living room, he's appearing to take the church. Because Jesus said, when I return, I come to get you and you're coming with me. So why in the world would he descend into Jesse Duplantis' room and ask him... It don't sound like he's coming after Jesse to make... Bro, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, literally, right? So that affects me because I know what Scripture says and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Then you look at guys that say, well, he appeared to me in a vision or a dream and he's appointed me an apostle. And when you tried to ask them questions or maybe consider, hey, but the Bible says this, look at these apostles. They're like, don't question what God has told me. Exactly. And they're like, God told me this. It doesn't matter what you say. And I'm like, brother, you're using that to deceive people. You're taking folk, you know, you're taking advantage of folks' ignorance. Uh, And I say that because if you believe that, boy, it sounds ugly. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but you need to wake up because you're, you're, you're ignorant <laughs> Come if you on. believe that. Open your eyeballs. You need to open your eyes and look around because the, the the gifts that we're going to talk about in the next few episodes are for the edification of the church to glorify God. Yes. They're not not Jesse, this Jesse dude. I don't know who he is, but it's not to glorify him. It's not to give him a, a bit, build him up, put him on, on a pedestal, but it's to build up the body that in turn glorifies God 
and 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 magnifies him that's what we're here to thy do thy kingdom come thy will, will be done, be done on earth, earth like it is in heaven yeah. that's our, that's the goal of god equipping his church yeah with spiritual gifts well go ahead josh so one of the things like um a little bit with the history and i and correct me if i'm wrong on this but I believe the Catholic Church, the first Bibles, they actually chained down to the church, the bishop's Bible, and had it changed. And it wasn't for the common man so, to so have in his hand. So people like me couldn't read it. Right, right. You know, so that way they then told you yeah. what what it says. If if you if you think about it though, the churches that are pushing that prophetic message you know the mm-hmm. speaking in the yeah. tongues fire, with the apostle fire, the fire and stuff like that i gotta look that one up that had the the, the angel dust yes where Gold it came dust. out of the ceiling yeah, I, I was never, debating yeah, on whether when, talking about that or not yeah we'll a little later go ahead josh but uh what i was getting to is with that with with those type church movements one of the things that you will see them not carrying around is a bible and that's by design yeah they don't want their flock educated they don't want them to understand. They want them to put the power in their <laughs> word. And because I said so, this is what it is. You know, you won't hear a message of them to encourage those to study together, to pray together, to, you know, to get into the word of God. Yeah. It is, this is what I said. This is what the message is, you know. Um, and like I said, it is, it, it, it is deceit yeah. by intention. And it's even like. Um, like for instance, and I, I mean, some of you guys might like their music and I'm not, I listen to some of it here and there, but, uh, when you start talking about Bethel, right? So Bethel, they put out some music that everybody's like, Oh, you know, this is good. But you know, when I, when I started really, when I really started my personal studies, but through going through some Bible college and stuff and hearing people preach and talk about doctrine and things, I started thinking about how, um, Bethel church they do this thing called it's a class at their school listen and y'all i don't know if you ever heard this but it's called being drunk in the holy spirit they pull it out of Acts chat you remember when they said these men are drunk and peter's like no they're not they teach a class called being drunk by the holy spirit go on youtube and type in drunk in the spirit bethel school or the honey barrel is what they call it in their classroom so it's this barrel in the middle of the room and what they do is they pray and they do these things. But then you go up to this empty barrel, you dunk your head in it, and what they teach is when you dunk your head in this barrel, you will be drunk in the Holy Spirit and you will see revelations and visions. Mm. And I've literally watched, not being there physically, I've, I've seen the video, it's nuts. These kids go up and all of a sudden they dunk their head in this barrel and they come up and it's like they're possessed. They're falling in the floor they're barking like dogs. They're laughing uncontrollably. They're rolling around in the floor on each other. And the reason I saw the video is because I saw a girl that went to the school for Bethel Supernatural Ministry, and she got saved at a biblical church. So she's going to the school, and she's trying to expose the school of its false teachings. And guess what happens? One day, she has a meeting with the dean, and they kicked her out. Of course. But she videoed this class of all these people dunking their head in this barrel and they're running around and she's just kind of sitting there like, what is it? what in the world are they doing? Where in the Bible, please, someone, where in the Bible does it instruct us to do that? Nowhere. And you want to know why? It's because Bill Johnson does not preach the true gospel. He might mention it, but I'm telling you this, the same girl had an interview with him in his office, and she said, why do you only take 30 minutes to talk about Jesus? And he said, because we don't have enough TV time. Hmm. This is a school that teaches that God can do out things outside of Scripture. And they have prophets, and they have apostles, and they have this. And I'm sitting here screaming, God's, like Alan said, we've got to open our eyes because these self-proclaimed apostles are not preaching the gospel that Paul preached. There's no new revelations. There's no new gospel. It's worked for years. Why? Because it's the message that saves. And I think, I mean, Josh, you really brought up a valuable point about, I think about the text, and I'm working on a sermon um, that's been on my mind about uh, being blinded by Satan. And when you think about when it says he has blinded the the eyes uh, of the world, and you get into that text in Corinthians, 
How easy is it for a false teacher to get up and blind everybody through the power of Satan? That's easy. That's easy, right? Because people don't want the true biblical doctrines anymore. They want what makes them feel good. And the experience, it's like Bethel, I think it was last year, the year before, there was a family, a couple, that their daughter died. And so the church promised them, promised them that they would heal their daughter. So for a week straight, they had worship service after worship service, prophesying in the name of the Lord, praying for this girl to come back to life. And at the end of the week, they quit. And the girl's still dead. And all they do is apologize to the parents. But do you know what else they do in circumstances like that? They look at the people and say, your faith wasn't strong enough. It's your fault. Mm. Come on, dude. That's not an apostle. That's not someone who's been encountered by Jesus Christ himself. And so when we look at the gift of the apostle, I mean, you have to start with this before you get into the miraculous gifts because the apostles had these gifts. The, the, the The whole purpose of using your spiritual gift is to have an influence, is to have an impact. Yes. So to have an impact, you have to be credible. Yeah. There's there's credibility that's that's a mandate on yeah. individuals. Yep. I mean, God's word's credible. God's faithful. God's true. We've we've established yeah. that in His, multiple yes. multiple Amen. podcasts. But as individuals, mm-hmm. if we want to use our gift and be effective for the kingdom of God, we as individuals have to be credible. Yes. So uh, a part of doing that. Is to know the scripture, know what it says, yeah. and, and again, it, it, just looking at my own personal journey that I've been on, things that uh, you know you believe, but you don't know why you believe it. Things in, in your in your own person. I'm talking about Alan now, and you, as you listen to this, put yourself in this position. Questions that are asked that you don't know the answers to. Being okay with that. I'm okay living in Israel. Just trusting God's promise. Yeah. I'm, we I'm don't just, have to know all the details. And, and we're going to write all that out. To God don't want us in the sanctification process and becoming more and more like him. He does not want us to stay stagnant. Sitting with a, idle, with waiting. A, with a very sm- small, a very minimal spiritual IQ yeah. that I don't know nothing. And if there was something that's undoctrinal or not scriptural. How would you know? How would I know? How yeah. could I know? Dude, so many people are so. It's that it's that <sighs> ankle deep spirituality where I don't want to get in over my head. I don't want to overcommit. I yep. don't want much expected out of me. Yep. I just want to tippy toe right here close to the bank. Yep. And just barely keep my feet wet in Christianity. Yep. When the Bible commands us, yeah, stick it in the deep end. You jump in, buddy. Yeah. Water's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and exactly. I and yeah. I just commit yourself. And that, commit yourself to learning and studying. You and have to. You got to. You got because to. Because it's even like so, Josh. You've talked about on our podcast before how before you got saved, you tried a lot of different denominational churches. Yep. So think about like how easy would it have been in that state of traveling for an apostle or some a self proclaimed apostle to like. Oh yeah, they they, they persuade you they or could talk sell to you. It. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They could sell it because a lot of it is is a, especially. I mean, if if you truly are have not had the draw of the Father, um, you're like I says. I was looking uh, just kind of a you know my gateway ticket. It's like yeah, this is gonna be good, and and I <laughs> and I and I, and I spoke <laughs> yes! on yes, I spoke on it, and I said that you know I basically was looking for the guy that was most convincing, you know. So I mean, if a guy came in saying you know he's an apostle at the inspired word of God, and he I does a few I'm, tricks, I'll, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm like, whoa, I like know? this guy, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> this guy needs to come to my kid's birthday. They're yeah. doing some tricks, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But and I don't have a kid. I was just saying, <laughs> but I mean, it's just one of those things that like now that you've been saved, and not only that, now that you've been in the Word of God, you see these guys. And you're just like, yeah, that's that's not biblical. That's, I mean, Paul said, if you preach another gospel, let let you be accursed, yeah. let you be separated. And I'm just saying this, like, listeners, church, really, we we've got to be careful because when you look at the office and the gift of the apostle, it was given to specifically, specifically yes. thirteen men. That's you, it. You can go in Ephesians, and what was the? Uh, I think uh, it's four eleven. You can go yeah. in there, and it actually calls pastor out separately in that. Because it mentions it mentions apostles, but it also mentions pastors. Let me look, and that squeaking was my mic. And he gave okay, so I'm gonna start right here in nine, Alan. Um, actually, let me start in ten. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse eleven, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, 
the teaching to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of Christ, until we all obtain to the unity of faith, to matter. Um, is that the section you want me to read, Alan, or was it somewhere else? Let me look. Okay, go ahead. And while, while Alan's looking this up, I do want to say this. Like, when you look, there, sh- and you guys would probably agree with me on this, There's a di- there should be a difference between an apostle and an evan- a shepherd, right? Because it's not the same gift. So these guys, these 13 men were established as apostles, and were they shepherds? Yes. Did they have to do some pastoring work? Yes. But after the 13 men died... We don't read of anyone else being commissioned as an apostle. We read of shepherds, pastors. We read of teachers. We read of evangelists. And we read of people that have, you know, all these gifts of team, you know, ministry and discernment and all. I mean, really, so with the apostles, after the apostles die out, I mean, even at the end of their ministry, it's not so much tongues. It's not so much them healing people or doing miraculous gift or casting demons out. Because once the apostles leave, when you read church history, a lot of that stuff came to a cease because now you've got Ignatius, Augustus, um, you've got all of the men that followed John when he finished out his ministry at the church of Ephesus. They're just preaching doctrine now. And so there's a huge difference between the apostle and the shepherd. We live in a time and age and a testament where we need more shepherds. Yes. We need some biblical shepherds to feed the sheep. We need some guys that are willing to pull their their sleeves up and get in the body of Christ. But we, we need evangelists that are pulling their sleeves up and getting out in the lost world. And we don't need guys getting up on stage doing some magic tricks. Wanting a title. Wanting yeah. a title. Want to be recognized. We need some humble... Hey, can you put the spotlight on me? On me, please? Yeah. 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 Hey, I found that yeah. scripture. I thought Go I was going to get you to look it up for me, but I found it. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. I meant to say good luck to what you were saying. When they're like, give me the spotlight, brother. Yeah. Go ahead, Alan. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and says that he gave to some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. And some oh, te- and some King teachers. James says pastors. That's says, what, yeah, pastors. I don't have mine. Yes. Yeah, it says pastors. Same thing. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it says, <laughs> but go ahead. I mean, that's specific. Yeah. That's what I was that saying. very specific, yeah. yeah. You can't, we, and that's what I'm saying. We need more pastors. We need more evangelists. We need more men that will devote their lives and their time to the Word of God. So when they get up on stage or they get in the pulpit or they get in the house or wherever they stand to teach, that they can biblically take the Word of God and rightly divide it. We don't need guys that get up, that do magic tricks, and even as Bethel says, do things outside of the Bible. They said that if we limit the Holy Spirit within the Bible, we are putting the Holy Spirit in a box. And I thought, good gracious, why in the world would God give us 66 books of his character? And let's keep, let's be honest, John said there are more miracles that Jesus, there are things that were not written. Absolutely. But why would he give humanity the word of God and then all of a sudden start giving people revelations to do things outside of it? Because this canon of scripture is everything that we need to know about Jesus Christ and to learn about doctrine. Absolutely. The foundations, God saw that, this, I mean, literally, these 66 books is great, and it's in depth to us, but to God, his knowledge is eternal. I mean, you can't put a cap on it. The things that Jesus did and Jesus taught, eternal. And, you know, it's huge. But God saw it fit to give us 66 books of Scripture. And, you know, we go through it, and we have enough to build a structural doctrinal church. We have enough to understand Scripture. We have enough to understand context and spiritual gifts and serving and talents and all these things. But then you get guys that are like, no. And honestly, this is what they come to. They say that the Word of God is not good enough, and they want more. They want to act outside of Scripture. And to me, when the Bible says test the spirits to see whether they are of God, that doesn't mean you get to sample a sample tray of different versions of the Spirit. That reference text takes you over in Corinthians where it says, let two or three prophets speak and let what's said be weighed. But this last Wednesday at the noonday service, I got to preach. I got to fill in in his study through First Thessalonians. And I want, man, dude, we got into this, this verse, and I didn't think we were going to, but I was, I ate it up. So Paul says to the Thessalonians in First Thessalonians 5, 19, he says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not extinguish divine influence. So when the Holy Spirit guides us, directs us, gives us things to do in the church, outside the church, don't quench it. But then he says in 20, he says, do not despise prophecies. 
So you hear that word and people are like, whoa, what do you mean? So I was talking about your definitions of scriptural and other. So scriptural and revelations. So there's no more revelations outside of scripture. God's given that. But the word revelation does mean God revealed. So can God reveal things to us? Yes. Truth about his word. Yes. Can God lay on your heart to go speak to so-and-so? Because they need help, and yep. then you show up uh, absolutely at the perfect time, at the perfect place. Yes. So he, Paul is saying, don't despise prophecies. That's true. But then he says this in 21, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. So you know what he's saying? Don't despise them, nope. but when you listen to them, test them, and then what is good, good doctrine, good message, good things, hold to them. Same thing in first when he says, test the spirits, whether they be of God, because we have a responsibility. We do. We do. And when Apostle Jesse tells you to bark like a dog, no, somebody needs to say, you're silly. Yes. You're silly. And it's like when people come to me and they're not, or I've listened to people that are doing these prophecies, um, it seemed like the guy that was like, you know, Trump's going to be president. God showed me in a dream. Okay. Trump's not president. So you're wrong. So we've tested what he said, and we haven't. We're not holding to it anymore. But even in Scripture, when someone says God gave me a message, and you listen to it, and it's the most unbiblical, undoctrinal, heretical thing you've ever heard in your life, I'm not holding to it anymore. But when things come true, or God's word is rightly divided, I'm going to hold to it because we've tested that spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, First John also says, the Holy Spirit will come in the name of Jesus. If no one, if they don't come in the name of Jesus, it's not the spirit of Christ. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. John says there's already many. So we've got to listen because there are people that are under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God, but there are people under the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist, which is equivalent to the spirit of Satan. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible also say? That Satan, right? Angels, his demons, they appear as ministers of light. Appear. Yep. So they're trying to blend in. They're trying to say they're apostles. They're trying to say this, but everything they say is unbiblical. Yep. And that doesn't add up. So, my friends, when we think about an apostle, we need to understand that it was given to 13 men. And then after these 13 men died, no one else has been commissioned as apostle Agreed. by Christ. Agreed. And himself, when he, physically. When he did, when he called those, he called them individually. And they responded to that call. Yes, and we can put a, even more of a broader spiritual spiritual application on this outside of our gift, but even in our salvation, he called them individually. They responded to that call, and now he commissioned them to go. Yes, teach with a specific so, calling and gift and just for di- them. Make disciples, so they're disciples. We're disciples. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So people get apostle and disciple confused. The apostles were disciples. But they also made disciples. They were right. given the gift. Of, right. They were exactly given the right. the specific gift of yes. an apostle. And we're not. We're not. Mm. I'm not. But are we given other gifts? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are there gifts that happen in context? Yes. yes. yes, Do, yes should yes. they glorify God? Absolutely. Yes. And so, guys, we hope today maybe you've got a better grip of what an apostle is. And uh, I just hope you understand that, you know, when we even talk about the qualifications, they have to be an eyewitness and they have to be appointed by Christ. This isn't two points we've made up. This is just logic. When you read about how they all were called, they were called by Jesus. Paul was called by Jesus yep. physically. Yep. For the, Jesus, for the purpose he the, appeared to him and took yep. him three years away. He, remember, he got saved. Nathan showed up. His blindness went away. He was saved and baptized. He goes away for three years. But who's with him for three years? Yep. Jesus himself. And he commissioned him. And so we've got to look at the logic of Scripture. And this is kind of the footwork, the groundwork, the, the, the foundation for future conversation about gifts from God. Because these guys... We're going to keep going back to this because there's yeah, men in this day and we'll, age. We'll keep referring back to this podcast that, yeah, there are gifts. These guys were given. Yeah. Miraculous gifts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was for the establishing of credibility like we talked about earlier. And the demonstration to the lost people that... that, that I'm not telling you a fairy tale, guys. I'm an apostle of Christ. Boom, I'm healing people. I'm I'm doing things to establish the gospel. To establish credibility for the gospel. That's like the book of Acts is a transitional book. It's not a book of doctrine. It's just a transitional book. Can we find doctrine that's taught in the later epistles in Acts? Yes, because it's the same message. But you cannot build doctrine, foundational church doctrine, out of the book 
of Acts. I mean, it's a book of events written by Luke, for Pete's sake. Luke was not an apostle. If we're going to build doctrine, it needs to be from the apostles themselves, not Luke. And those examples are still credible and still relevant today. But listen, as we start establishing our credibility, we don't need to do silly stuff like this that damages it. Yes. And so we've got to keep it in context. But not only will we refer to the apostles and their gifts, but we're also going to have to talk about how other people teach some of these miraculous gifts and how they're saying, you can have it. You can do it. You, mm. we've got to put that in context. Yes, absolutely. That Go ahead, Josh. pride a little bit, doesn't it? You can, you can, you can. You, yeah. Watch you. You're a pretty good guy. It's yeah. like the girl, the girl that got saved and tried to expose Bethel. Bethel she, they, she was in an interview and... Uh, she said, the people asked her, like, so how do people of red in California like Bethel, the, the community? And they're like, they don't. And they're like, well, why? And she's like, well, let me show you a video. She's like, how would you like to be getting off the airplane? And all of a sudden, a young 20-year-old that has a guitar and a speaker, and he's got a little worship band with him, gets up. They play music in the background. And a 20-year-old gets up in the middle of the airport and just sell, starts saying, if you want to be healed, come here. I will heal you in the name of Jesus. I will do this. In the name of Jesus, you can receive miracles. And he's like, these people go to the grocery store and people come up to him wanting to like heal them or give them a prophecy about how they're going to do this when they're 52. And he's like, and the town gets frustrated because these young college kids are, one, not preaching doctrine, and two, they're running around the place trying to like do these healings and the healings aren't even working. And they're like, try going to eat. And all of a sudden, you're in, eating a meal, and a kid just runs up with music in the background. He's like, I'm going to do this in the name of the Lord. And I was th- sitting there thinking, I was like, if I had to encounter that every day, <laughs> one, I'd love it. Because you've got a lot of college kids that are misled, and you might be the one person that can lead them to Christ and away from deception. But two... Man, I just like to go eat a nice meal with my fiance without somebody running up trying to smack me in the forehead mm-hmm. or bring their guitar and their amp over because music's always got to be there, right? It's not going to happen unless music's there. And it just showed me half of these kids are going to put so much effort into doing things that they're not called to do nor they're supposed to do when they could be doing things they're supposed to. We could be raising up more pastors, more evangelists, more biblical people, but people are trying to do things they want to be Paul, don't they? Yeah. People want to yeah. be Paul. Yeah. They want the handkerchief. They want the power. Yep. They want the pride. Yep. But that's why Paul was like, listen, he's like, if I could be forsaken, if I could be thrown, so people would come, so, so be, be it. it. And don't yep. you don't you, don't you, you just, I mean, I know this is not about our opinion or what we think, but don't you just believe that that's why God chose those specific guys? Because they, they could handle Paul it. Paul said he was yeah. appointed from birth. Obviously, and if, God knew that He would do and if the work had rightly. The right or the criteria yeah. or the pedigree to brag, it yes, was it was Him. It was Paul. Absolutely, he could brag, and, yep. but he didn't. Yes, if God knew, yep. and even the so, most important, he even, that's me living out and and using my gifts yep. to establish the church. Yeah, and to edify the, the he, bride of Christ. He said at one point, he said, "If anyone could brag, yeah. it could yeah. be me." Yeah. Well, they, they, yeah, they starting to boast, and yeah. he's like, "Well, if we're going to go that route, which we're not going to go, but I'm going to just show you." And he's he like, "I could do it." Yes, and you have nothing to brag about. Right. I could, but he's like, "I'm not going to," because right. if we're going to boast in anything. Yes. Let's boast in the Lord. Absolutely. And so, amen, that's what we're going to focus on. This podcast is about how the spiritual gifts should boast the name of Jesus and point in the yes. name of Jesus. But also, we're hoping... Now, I, I will say this, and then we'll close out. Um, I've talked to some people that kind of get talents mixed up with gifts. So I'm hoping this will provide some clarification because they'll talk about the gift of music, the gift of this. No, God does give talents. Scripture does teach. God gives us talents that He employs and He empowers in us. So I hope some people can find clarification, yep. but also maybe some people might hear about one of these spiritual gifts and they'll study it out and they'll be like, man, Dude, I, I've got that. I've got yeah. that. Yeah. Holy cow. Cause yeah. well, I didn't know what they were. Yeah. So when I got into the word of God and I, when I learned what exhortation is, I love, dude, I love my heart screams to encourage people yeah. in Christ and in the word and even in life, but also like shepherding and discernment. And you start getting through these and it's just, dude, it's cool because yeah. one, it assures you that you are a child of God, but two, it shows you, man, you 
God must think I'm important to give me. Trust yeah. you, Donnie. And trust me and he, call he me to some ministry. You. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. amen. We're looking forward to th- I'm excited. Yeah. I'm yep. so excited to go through this. Um, even for ourselves, because we have gifts, too, that, man, we're going to talk about. And it's just going to be a blessing. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it, too, because Alan might have different ones than I have. Josh might have different ones than I have. We might have the same. But some of these we'll be able to talk and kind of hear. Maybe yeah. I haven't heard a lot about your, you all talk about your – I've seen you use them. Yeah. But it's going to be cool to talk about it. And I hope our listeners are blessed. Um, and so, guys, we uh, we love you all. We hope you are going to church tonight if you can. It, it, we are recording this on a Sunday. Um, we'd like to invite you. You're local in the area. You're not in Madisonville, Sweetwater, or Maryville, and maybe your fellowship's still closed. Please come join us. Yep. Um, man, we just want to worship the Lord while we still can. Absolutely. And so, uh, guys, do y'all have anything else? God, God bless. bless. All right, God bless. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace out.